This episode of Bend the Knee is brought to you by Lord Adam Parker, whose words are, from the earth, wisdom. Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt, the Bud Knight. And I am Sir Ezra the Watchful. Welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. Today we're into chapter 31, Tyrion 4 of A Game of Thrones. And in a world of ice and fire, we are actually discussing the regions of ice and fire, the north, today. Yeah. So, a little different maester study, actually. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of excited. And I think Sir Matt and I were talking about how we wanted to format the maester study going forward so we'll talk about that when we get there but uh the north was definitely interesting to read about oh man yeah this week. there's a lot of there's a there's it's it's kind of it's kind of broad um just like the north and yep. uh <laughs> it, yeah. it's it's got a it's got a handful of these tiny little lines which i'm like wow you could like pick that one little line and go on for like hours right so uh yeah, yeah. so kind of yeah, like maybe like a briefer overview of that well sir ezra um oh at the beginning of our show we just like to remind people you can send us ravens at btkcast at gmail.com if you want to leave us a voicemail you can call 614-547-2350 that's what we call the uh weirwood network there or messages on facebook or instagram or just about anywhere on social media mm-hmm yep um yeah, you uh, know actually something interesting before i forget remind me to bring up uh, my beef with the werewoods uh, when oh. we get to the maester study. <laughs> Did you catch the thing today about... Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Cool. Don't forget that. I want to... Oh, they're talking about the... Yeah. Yeah. We'll get... We'll get to that. But uh, real quick, right. uh, um, Sir Ezra, how's everything going? Uh, it's going well. Um, I've got a fresh new haircut, so that, that always makes you feel good. Uh, went in there and, and got touched up... Uh, uh, I, I kind of feel like I'm ready to ride into a tourney. You know what I mean? Got to get mm-hmm. the, got to polish the armor up. Uh, you know, get a little fresh cut. Because I mean, people, you know, they get maimed and they get, uh, you know, sometimes they lose their life in these tourneys. So you know, you might yeah. as well go in looking dashing. You know, mm-hmm. so <laughs> that's really all I've done today. Uh, you know, but um, been busy and um, you know, looking forward to to the fall. It is now like. Yeah. It, it really feels like fall over here in Ohio, so you know mm-hmm. I'm really excited for that. It's my favorite season. So nice, yeah. It is. Um, well, I think winter is starting here in the kingdom of Portland. <laughs> yeah, there's really two seasons. There's uh, winter and summer. And, right. Uh, yeah, it was raining yesterday. Um, yesterday I uh, I went wine tasting, which is actually the first time I think I've actually ever done yeah. that. I meant to text yeah. you back about that. Yeah. Yeah. So it was kind. Of, it was kind of cool. We went to. Um, Went to a handful of vineyards, and uh, it was just really cool, really nice, kind of out in the Oregon country. There was one we went to. I, I don't remember the name, but I, I sent you some pictures where you mm-hmm. – it's like this like cave. We had to walk through this cave, and there's like barrels. Uh, and wow. as, as we're walking through it, I sent you that picture, and I was kind of like – I don't know. I felt like I was walking through like the keep – uh, yeah. you know, like the red keep and these are barrels of wildfire or something. I was real nervous. <laughs> yeah, I, was, uh, <laughs> I was just real nervous, but it was pretty cool. Yeah. I sent, sent you one, um, some pictures of that. Maybe yeah. I'll post them in the, in the group, but, uh, yeah, it was super cool. It was the first time I'd ever done it. Um, yeah, 
I'm not really awesome. a big... That, that kind of reminds me of House Red Wine, you know, of of, mm-hmm. of the Arbor. I was thinking you were, you were going to go with that, you know. I wonder, you know, if if it tasted... Was it good wine? Did it taste good? Oh, man, there are so many. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, we went to... It was like, I think we I think we counted, we did around 30 tastings. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it was a All lot. Right. Yeah, it was... It, it was it was a lot, um, and then uh, you know just watched then to watch some of the games, watched yeah. uh, watched Ohio State, oh. Penn State, and then watched right. uh, Oregon uh, blow up a uh, Cal. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, so awesome. It was good. It was it was good. Just some feasting, you know, before we get back to work today. Yeah, yeah. You, I mean, got to you gotta you know purge, get it all out there, and then you know. Mm-hmm. Get back to work. So yeah. So uh, yeah. Anyway. So yeah. Everything is kind of kind of good out here. Well, um, let's go ahead and move on over to the small council where we talk about some news. Mm-hmm. And um, I have uh, something from the show here, real quick. I think I'd actually I'll, I'll I'll talk about this, and then don't let me forget that uh, you know not everyone listens to our follow up Friday. Some people just plow through read through. So we got to talk about that fire and blood preview again. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So um, okay. So. Uh, you know, there, there's always these kind of interviews going on uh, where they're asking people like producers and stuff about what Game of Thrones, what's going on. And we always anytime I, I find something, I'll, I'll bring it up. And yeah. um, the visual effects supervisor. OK, so we're, you know, we're getting really kind of deep. <laughs> study here on yeah. the, uh, so, you know, um, Joe Bauer, okay. somebody had somebody had asked him um, about Ghost. And I guess uh, I don't really remember this, but I guess that Ghost was actually not shown in season seven. Wow! Yeah, I really? guess I just I I just missed it. I guess there is a deleted scene in where John had um like kind of petted Ghost and said like watch over Sansa as he's getting ready to leave, um, huh. but it was a deleted scene, and um he uh was kind of they were kind of just talking. They must have been talking about something, but he said that um. He is t- he is here to tell you that ghost will be pretty prevalent actually in season eight, okay. Which I find really interesting and intriguing. Yeah, he said, me "Oh, too. you'll see you'll see him again. He has a fair amount of screen time in season eight. Um, he explained that uh, he's he's he explained that la- that the lack of direwolves in the shows, um, the reason they're not as prevalent as they are in the books. He said it's just kind of hard because." Especially once they become dire wolves, he said. I guess mm-hmm. he was talking about some of the tech they use, and, and they use um, they use kind of regular wolves like film and animation, and they kind of scale it okay. right yeah. to, to size, and so it's just it's kind of I think it's kind of difficult that way. It seems not as CG, right? Um, yeah, because um, sometimes you know as we as we've watched things like um, like Star Wars, for example, mm-hmm. sometimes you know we're, we. You and I are kind of big Star Wars fans, and we, we talk about like the prequels where everything is CG yeah. and it, it looks really good. But then sometimes you and I, I think you and I are both kind of have talked about this about episode seven, where you kind of have the practical effects and then you switch to the CG characters. It seems kind of mm-hmm. sometimes it could just seem kind of wonky. Yeah, it clashes. Yeah. 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 It can, it can clash sometimes. But I've never, Game of Thrones, I've always thought the animation and everything is like amazing. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Right. So anyway, so that's just he talked about some of the some of the difficulties specifically with the wolves. And um, he said, uh, I think it has something to do why the dire wolves are in the show, but they're not maybe as uh, integral as they are in the books, just because it's kind of hard to work with them. And um, just he said, you know, like unlike the show, which has killed off all of two of the Stark's dire wolves, the books aren't 
quite as <laughs> the, the books aren't quite as um, rough to the direwolves, right? There's still a lot of them alive in, in the books. Mm-hmm. And so I just thought it was kind of interesting. He yeah. says Ghost shows up and he does some, let's just say he's very present and he does some pretty cool things in season eight. Like what could that mean? I mean, what, I know. What, what's yeah. he up to? I because, don't know. And again, well, yeah, we're talking show. So, uh, is he at Winterfell now? I mean, yeah, obviously he must have went with Sansa or Sansa then, right? And, you know, after the Battle of the Bastards. Um, mm-hmm. Gosh, I don't know. You know, kind of doing his doing his own thing there. What? Maybe right. he goes well, in. It, it, well, hey, maybe Jon's. You know, learning more how to warg into Ghost. Maybe, or perhaps Ghost is, you know, is is Ghost, well, Nymeria. There's the Nymeria possibility. Like, Nymeria has yeah. a pack of wolves. And I, I think I think it would be cool, and I, I've seen a lot of people talk about that maybe, um, that, like, that pack of wolves is going to come assist in, in, like, in, like, the big battle that we know happens. Oh, okay. Like the, yeah. What we think that we think is the battle battle of Winterfell, right, where they filmed it for like fifty five nights or something, like yeah, outrageous. So I mean, it's possible. Huh. Okay. Yeah, it is so, possible. That would that would be interesting. Maybe maybe yeah. maybe we'll see Ghost. Maybe we'll see Ghost kind of fight in that. Save John or something. Yeah. You know, is it possible? Here's a question: Is it possible that uh, Ghost and Nymeria do Ghost and Nymeria make it out of season eight alive? Yeah, uh, they have to. I feel like one, at least one of them has to. You know, right? Um, I don't is know. Is it going to be, or is it like a Hedwig moment, right? In Harry Potter, Hedwig kind of dies like right out the gate of season or the final book. You know? Yeah, to, to like, kind of to sacrifice um, mm-hmm. their self, right? For for one of their Stark, you know, um, companions. Yeah, that would be that would that would be kind of neat. Um, I'm kind of yeah. thinking of Ghost as more of like a scout, and once he can remember mm-hmm. what's his face, um, I was a skin changer, and he could kind of like warg into his hawk, you know, and you have those oh guys yeah, yeah, who, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm thinking maybe he could go do some some scouting for him or something, you know. That would be maybe Bran kind of talks to him about his abilities, and he he can have some more control over those things, which would be neat. But I don't know. Yeah, hadn't really I, I didn't even realize Ghost wasn't in in season seven, mm-hmm. which is crazy it's ridiculous yeah so, so i know huh. sometimes you just you just you just miss out on these things but uh hey you yeah, know so what anyway. that oh go uh, ahead well i was just gonna say that that would be a cool thread or something for us to talk about on follow-up friday honestly like what people think you know like predictions because you know it's we've always said it's really easy to do show predictions once we get closer mm-hmm. to the show we're gonna have more of those uh you and i have done uh, uh episodes where it's like who lives who dies you know what mm-hmm. is um the night kings if he were to invade how would he do it so mm-hmm. Yeah, what is Ghost? What is Ghost's role in season eight? Let us know. Yeah. Let us know, or so. just in the books going forward. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. So. Either one. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So, all right. Um. Well. Uh. So we talked about it quite a bit in Follow Up Friday, but I, I think I feel like we have to talk about it again now that I've now that I've read it a little bit more and I can kind of digest a little bit. Yeah. Um. This Fire and Blood preview. That was released on Gurr's website, uh, you know, not a blog or George R. R. Martin.com. He's moved his blog there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So not a blog, not a blog is there and you can kind of see it. And so first of all, we get that huge like illustrate illustrated page, of, you know, Queen of King Jaehaerys and Queen Allison. And then we get kind of that. Uh, I mean, it looks like it may be a page or two excerpt mm-hmm. from the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's. And, 
it's basically about yeah, as you said, Jaharis and Queen Alisan, right? And and mm-hmm. their their uh, trip north. Mm-hmm. So kind of fitting today that we're talking about the north and then, you know, this. Yeah, this... because there there's a line in 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 the preview uh, or in the, in in uh, this this book or the, this chap this maester study the north yeah. part of world I- world of ice and fire. Um, so I guess you know we can kind of talk about it a little bit too. Um, not get too far ahead, but where they talk about the gift. So yeah. now, now after having read that that preview, I'm wondering was Queen Alicent and Qu- King Jaehaerys plan to go up to the north to deal with them about the gift? Because remember how they how they how the, how the it talks about how the King Stark was kind of hesitant about the yeah. gift because he thought it would be too big for the Night's Watch, and then they're they're always turned north so they wouldn't kind of actually rule over these lands, and that's what ended up happening. Yeah, that I um, yep. There's that. I I also thought too it was the Queen Alicent just being um, she was very charming, right? Too, so mm-hmm. she kind of wins over Lord Stark, and she's um, she uh, when she goes to the Night's Watch, she sees the desperate need, you know, uh, that they're in, and is able to kind of. I think she it, remember it, it disturbed her that her dragon. Silverwing couldn't go beyond the wall. Right. So there's curiosity there. And then the state of the wall wasn't looking too good. They needed mm-hmm. more provisions. So mm-hmm. it's a bit of it's it's a bit of both. I think it's a bit of what you're saying and then also just, you know, the curiosity going up there and seeing um what's happening with the Night's Watch. They're kind of Right. The the I bet they're kind of a mystery to the to, to the Targaryens, really. Oh, for you know? sure. Because especially reading the North today and, and Looking at how long the Night's Watch has been around, it was well before the conquest. It's been around for thousands of years, mm-hmm. you know. So that's it's an ancient order. So I don't know. <laughs> just yeah, just real, it's a lot. Real interesting. But. It's a lot. Yeah, but it, yeah, if you haven't read it, so we, we we broke it down more the other day in, in our follow up Friday, but um, and then people in the group were talking all about it. Yeah, but uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, highly encourage you to go to go check it out. So. Okay, well, uh, let's go ahead and move on. Move on over to our uh, Maesters study here, yeah. Sir Ezra. We're talking to talking. So, th- so we've finished actually with the uh, Targaryen kings, and you know right. the, the one uh, Baratheon king, and so now we're actually into kind of the region. So it, we've kind of come full circle. Before we were talking about just kind of the big, huge history, and that's a little bit more of the way I think these chapters read. Uh, yeah, they do. Absolutely. And it, they're actually pretty heavy in history. And did you notice that they don't, it's not necessarily chronological? Like they No, it's, do... defi- it's definitely not. It jumps all over the place. <laughs> Which is crazy, because I was thinking like, oh, cool, we're going to go back and get, you know, some of the, um, like basically the information would be presented in order, you know, um, mm-hmm. but that's not the case. Of course, it couldn't be that simple. So, right. Um, yeah, so... So what I what I was kind of thinking and what you and I were kind of talking about is, um, you know, as as we and we talked about this in follow up Friday a little bit. But I think we'll just kind of mention it again. Uh, we've been kind of asked, you know, now that we're almost done with these Targaryen kings and fire and blood is coming and possibly winds of winter next year. How are we going to kind of adapt the show to that to kind of cover everything? Mm-hmm. And uh, really, th- we're just going to kind of slide as we're almost done with this book. We're just going to kind of slide the fire and blood right into this maester study. And yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's right. really and then when winds comes out, we can deal, you know, <laughs> with with that a little bit, a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. So we, we talked that we would 
possibly with the North just kind of keep it short. <laughs> Is that right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, probably probably with probably with all of these because otherwise we would be spending the next like three years on it. Because <laughs> I mean, you and you really, I mean, there's really a lot of research that has to go into it. Otherwise, it's just kind of the these chapters are they're big, but they're really brief. So yeah, but they right, and and they have a lot of. Um, they make a lot of connections to the series, and mm-hmm. they introduce a lot of characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was what was kind of mind blowing for me is that they're introducing all of these ancient, like I guess what I'm saying is that you know you get all of the, the the Targaryen kings piece was cool, but this now is sort of if you wanted that day to day sort of like those lesser lords or mm-hmm. um, more of that house history, this is where it's at. This is where it really gets kind of you know, nitty gritty. And uh, it's, yeah. it's actually uh, pretty fascinating. I, I think we said we would go brief, but also possibly at, when we're done with um, A Night of the Seven Kingdoms, our, our Dunkin' Egg series on For Patreon. Patreon. Yeah, yep. that we would maybe do like a full region study. Right, and that way we can, that way we can do way more in-depth, like kind of character studies, stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, so. So, yeah, yeah so, um, okay, so I think I'll just kind of, I'll start... Start here because I just I find I, I just find you know I always like find the opening passages I think they they're really well written yeah um, the vast and frigid realm of the kings of winter the Starks of Winterfell is generally considered the first and oldest of the seven kingdoms in that it has endured unconquered for the longest um, and the geography and history are set apart from their southern neighbors. It is often mm-hmm. said that the North is as large as the other six kingdoms put together, but the truth is somewhat less grand. The North, as ruled today by House Stark of Winterfell, comprises little more of a third of the realm, beginning at the southern edge of the Neck. That, domin- that uh, the domains of the Starks extend as far north as the New Gift. Uh, within the North are great forest, windswept plains, hills and valleys, rocky shores, and snow-covered mountains. The North is a cold land, much of it rising. Uh, moorlands and high plains giving way to mountains in its northern reaches, and this makes it far less fertile than the reaches of the south. Snow has been known to fall there even in summer, and it is deadly in winter. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, is it possible for us just to kind of point out some of these, uh, you know, keeps in different places on the map? Do you oh, think that absolutely. might be? Yeah, kind absolutely. Of a, yeah, but what, and I was just thinking, so it... I mean, obviously, Winterfell, right? That like everything oh, starts for sure. there. That's the main, you know, castle. But what I didn't really know, and and it was just made more apparent to me, I guess, in this um, in this portion of, of 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 the book, you have a town. You've got um, a small town outside of Winterfell, right? Mm-hmm. So which yeah. which is interesting. So when the when those uh, winter snows come, a lot of the mountain clans and and different people would come to. Um, this town of Winterfell, and I thought that was yeah. kind of interesting because there's really not there's what did they say there's one major city, yeah. There's basically one major city in the north, and that is White Harbor, and that's it. That's that's a major city, I guess. Is, yeah, the is rest the, way. the rest are kind of just kind of small keeps with kind of surrounding, yeah. you know, just farmers or, or town, you know, like tiny little towns, right? Like maybe there's yeah. an inn or something, but. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, very tiny. Because the other significant town um, is is Barrowton, mm-hmm. which yeah. has a really cool uh, history. The Barrow Kings and, and the Barrowlands, which I didn't know much about. You know, Lord Dustin and those guys 
uh, used to back in the day. Back in the day, what was crazy is that you had the, the, the kings, um, you, you, you had a king at Winterfell, but there was also the Barrow Kings. You had the Red King, right? You mm-hmm. had um, yeah. all these different kings up in the north, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and the, the Starks had to kind of slowly put them all down. Yeah, which and is, that's basically which and that's basically what happens. And it takes it takes them like thou like it says it takes them like a thousand years mm-hmm. or you know or some or something to that nature. So you know when you think about Aegon's conquest, it was kind of like it seems like it was a span of like three years. But when you you know if you go way back to when we were talking pre Aegon's conquest, we were talking about the Dawn Age and the Age of Heroes and all of these things. And these are like with span over thousands of years. So right, right, yeah. Yeah. Um, actually, I found this is a pretty good paragraph here. I'll read this. So uh, White Harbor, the North's sole true city, is the smallest city in the Seven Kingdoms. So even though, you know, it's like a it's the the only city there, the only true city, it's the smallest in the in the in the Seven Kingdoms. Right. Um, most prominent towns in the north or I'm sorry, the most prominent towns in the north are Wintertown, which I was talking about, which is beneath the walls of Winterfell. And Barrowton in the Barrowlands, and so those are your towns and cities, and then everything else is a keep. You mm-hmm. know, you've got Carhold, yeah. the Dreadfort, um, mm-hmm. Ramsgate. There's so many. The map is so cool. So if you haven't bought the hard, um, you know, uh, the actual paperback or the hardcover oh, it's so good. edition of this, yeah. it's worth it because it's got Absol- some really awesome maps in it. Yeah. Well, you know, something else um, is when you look at the map. And you kind of wonder, well, you know, when I look at this map, I'm like, well, why is White Harbor um, really that that big of a city? And it's kind of because if, so, you know, you've got you've got these two rivers that kind of converge and then go down here and you've got White Harbor, which is kind of in this bay. But you've really kind of got to sail all the way around like the like the the um, uh, the what the veil, excuse me, mm-hmm. the yeah. veil here. And you've so. And then you look up north, more up north, and you think, well, the, the free cities would be able to sail up there, but that you've got Skagos, which we'll talk about, and you know how Skagos is kind of its own thing, and they're yeah. kind of like really wildlings, uh, if you really want to get it, get into yeah. it. Yep. Um. And and then to the to the other side, you've got Pike and the Iron Islands. So there's no way you sailors really aren't going to risk sailing through that to to right. kind of get there. And so it really is just kind of that first that first place for a big city because before that you've got like Greywater Watch and Moat Kalen, which are swamp lands. And other mm-hmm. than the fact that the King's Road goes through there, that land's just kind of uninhabitable for like a big city. So White Harbor yeah. is just kind of that most southern area where you could actually have one that's not like totally overrun by forest or um, like swamp lands. Yeah, and I, and I would say that's the main, you know, trade route, right? So if you're the if you're at the fingers or you're in the veil there or even King's Landing, as you said, sailing up around, you know, through the bite and then into White Harbor and then up the White Knife. Um, that's how you would get goods, you know, really up into the north. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's that's basically that's basically it. You can also go over. There's another spot, uh, the last river <coughs> near the Dreadfort, where you can kind of um, you know, head in through there. But but honestly, Looks like it takes a little little longer. It might not be as profitable when you can just go right through White Harbor. And uh, we haven't talked about the Manderleys yet, but that's a real cool connection to how they were once um, mm-hmm. in what the Reach. Is that right. where they were? At? And and right, yeah. yeah, yeah, they were in the Reach. And the Manderleys also have a better reputation than obviously 
the Boltons. Like the Bolt, you know, if I'm a yes. trader, I if I'm a trader, I do not want to go anywhere near the Dreadfort. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. So, yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're so, right. so yeah, it's just really cool. Um, some other things we'll just kind of pick apart here. Um, something I found interesting before it kind of moves into. It's kind of weird. It goes into the Kings of Winter section, and then it kind of goes back to some of the different areas. Um, but just something I thought interesting here. We've talked about this before. As knighthood is rare in the North, the knightly tournament excuse me, and its pageantry and chivalry are as rare as hen's teeth beyond the neck. And then it goes on to just say that Northern don't really fight in tourneys, but they do and have had before big melees is kind of what yep. they have. They don't really do lance. Um, and it says that their melees are pretty brutal. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's pretty much they, – it goes on to say it's it's serious injuries are as common uh, and such as a melee, and deaths are not unheard of. Uh, mm-hmm. In the great melee at the last hearth in 170 AC, it is said that no fewer than 18 men died. And half again, that number were sorely, uh, sorely maimed before the day was done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that's pretty intense. I mean, that's uh, definitely a different type of, you know – uh, format or or form of entertainment, I guess. For right the, and right, and north. when you think about when you think about it, I think that's maybe another part of why Ned Stark is kind of upset about having this tourney in his name because in the north you just don't have tourneys. You know, it's 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 also it's also a big expense, and he doesn't want it because he's he's just Ned Stark. You know, that's yeah, just not yeah. his thing to have this big pageantry. But there's that other part to it too. I think is in the north that you just don't have tourneys, so that's like another right. kind of part of why he doesn't. Maybe he's upset about it. Yeah, it's just another layer, right? It's not. Yeah, not, it's not, not their, as comfortable. It's not their people. Yeah. So. Yeah. Although they do, I think you know. I guess if you were a, I'm trying to think of the different houses here. So I mean, obviously, Greywater Watch, House Reed, you know, they end up at the tourney at Harrenhal, you know, so they sure. do travel to tourneys. Um, but as for holding their own in the north, that's not really. They're not really the same. So. Right. Right. Uh, well, and you know, the tourney at Harrenhal is also a tourney that I think. Mm-hmm. Um, because it was so big and so yeah. grand, everyone went. Because I cannot think of many other times where we really hear of northern mm-hmm. houses actually showing up to these tourneys. Mm-hmm. Like even yeah. even in um, the Mystery Night, like we know that's pretty far up. That's in like the Riverlands, isn't it? I or, think so. Or like the right around there, the southernmost part of the of the north. And uh, we don't really hear of many northern houses that we know of attending. So I mean, right. it is also kind of a smaller house and stuff, but yeah. Well, uh, another thing with the Tourney of Harrenhal is that th- there was possibility to conspire against the king, you right? Know? So Absolutely. there's that whole front. So that could have been, you know, part of why what why they were were there. But I imagine that when when northern men show up at a attorney like that, um, that that's pretty cool. I mean, I think that's mm-hmm. like it's exciting when like the more who more people who show up, you know. Um, it's a chance to really represent like your region or your, your liege lord, you know. So that's, I don't know, kind of neat when they show up. Yeah. But so uh, so something something interesting here in 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 the book they show that they show that picture right in the in the Kings of Winter page, and and they show like they have the Stark sigil in the middle, and then they have some of their like more prominent bannermen mm-hmm. um, around. And I just I just kind of want to mention it because I think it's cool. You have, um, uh, House Glover. House uh, Risewell, House Manderley, House Dustin, House Bolton, Taldhart, Reed, Umber, Carstark, Hornwood, and Mormont. So those are kind of, I guess, what you would consider the more prominent houses in the north. Yeah, yeah. 
Right. Even though, like, right next to it, yeah, it's it's, it's listing off a bunch of other smaller houses too, which are which oh are, which for is, sure. Which is the cool part, right? Is that it gives you so much. You know, mm-hmm. there's so many little so many little houses here. Where's the mm-hmm. one house? You know, the uh, from the game Forrester from, House Forrester. Yeah, house they're there. Forrester. Yeah, they're they're, Where they're they somewhere at? in the. Yeah. Um, I think they're to the left of like Barrowtown. If I had to take a guess, because they're like they're in a very thick forest. Mm-hmm. I'll, yeah. uh, I'll 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 do a, I'll do a search here. But they are an actual house. Fun connection. Yeah, and they're me- yeah. they're mentioned in the books. Oh, okay, yeah, that's awesome. Um, okay, and I think I don't really know. Yeah, the- they're in the wolf's what the wolf's wood of the north. Okay, which is yeah, so yeah which, just, just the wolf yeah the wolf's wood of- is right around house like Kerwin and Deepwood and Deepwood Mott. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Okay, yeah, because they're 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 in charge of the iron ironwood. Uh, or wasn't that what's called? What's it called? Ironwood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the ironwoods. Yeah, the the, the big Production. sentinel trees. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. That's so yeah, I think uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about with the North was just that there's uh, like their customs, you know. Mm-hmm. So they kind of talk like they're serving the old gods. Um, they say they like one one one. Oh, they mentioned this with uh, the werewoods, and they kind of talked yeah. about how. The part that I'm thinking about is a little bit different than the one the one that you were thinking about, but they're both really interesting. The idea that they were putting, do you remember they're putting the entrails up in the weirwoods, like oh, like basically. Uh, if, no, I don't remember that. Yeah, so I read uh, this might even be at the end of 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 the the north, but for their crimes, like when they would, uh, one of their customs, right, was to <laughs> to like in the ancient days, uh, if they caught someone stealing or murdering or whatever. Um, like they would hang, I think their entrails up in the weirwood trees mm-hmm. and stuff. And I just kind of okay. thought, wow, another scary sort of image. You know, the weirwoods are always wanting like blood sacrifices and you know things like that. And it's just it's just a different um, different type of people. You know, um, mm-hmm. they also talk about uh, guest right and how important right. that was. You know, uh, so there was there was that more important than even like the Andals don't take it as you know, as serious as Northerners do, you know, or mm-hmm. the first men, because they're descended from the, the first men. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, what, um, two, actually two houses, two things I kind of want to talk about uh, just real briefly here. And mm-hmm. I think that I, uh, I just kind of want to mention them because I think that we <clears throat> kind of forget about them. And I would actually love to, at some point do a, a much bigger breakdown about the clans, like the mountain clans. Yep. And then kind of the isle, the island of Skagos a little bit. Yeah. But, <clears throat> you know, these mountain clans, um, you know, we see we see them. Actually, we'll see them in the chapter we're going to read today. It's just kind of a, a chapter in, in the veil. Right. With right. Tyrion. Um, but Jon Snow encourages Stannis to go seek out these mountain clansmen. He said, mm-hmm. you know, you might you might be able to get a thousand, you know, a, a thousand a thousand troops. Um, yeah, and 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 it is different. How just how they're different, and you know we talk about how they're pretty much wildlings. They just live in, you know, in the realm. Um, so I just the, it just talks about the northern clans. You have like the wolves, the fish folk who mm-hmm. dwell among the shores of the Bay of Ice, and they yep. hate the wildlings. Yeah, they utterly hate the wildlings, which is which is interesting. Yeah, I think well, I think it's because of their proximity, just because they mm-hmm. they get raided there you know quite a bit or you know 
not exactly sure why. I think it's more just their practice because they also it talks about their hatred of the men of the Iron Islands who often raid along the shores of the bay, um, burning their halls, carrying off their crops. So if they hate you know the wildlings more than they hate the iron, the Ironborn, then you can imagine that that the uh, wildlings are doing the same thing, you know, right. if not worse. So. <clears throat> and then just real quick. Uh, the Stoneborn of Skagos. So Skagos is is something that has always kind of intrigued me because if you look at it on the map, right, mm-hmm. part of it actually extends beyond the wall, where the wall would be. Now, it's an island just off of what kind of, you know, off the mainland of Westeros. But some of it, um, some of these islands here are actually above the wall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why some people kind of consider them wildlings. I just, I just found it uh, finally interesting here the skagos who reside there are little regarded by the other northmen who consider them no better than wildlings and name them skags uh the skagos he called themselves stoneborn referring to the fact that skagos means stone and um it says they have a strong mixture of ibanesian blood and uh some suggest they may have descended from giants i just found this interesting it is claimed they still offer human sacrifice to their weirwoods mm-hmm that yep. that was something I found I found quite quite interesting. Yeah, and we know that's where Rickard or you know Rickon is sent, kind of to yeah. be hidden. It's crazy. That is crazy. Yeah, they're even they're even luring ships in, you know, um, to with like false lights, and they feed upon the flesh of men during the winter. Now that's rumors, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, and it's also it's also rumored that they uh, that they have unicorns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it says the 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 occasional unicorn horn offered. By a uh, disreputable merchant has never been more uh, than a horn of a kind of whale uh, hunted by the whalers of Ib. However, horns of a quite quite a different kind, uh, reputed to be from Skagos, have been seen by the maesters at Eastwatch upon occasion. So it's just something that, you know, like they don't really maybe they don't know what it is, but there's clearly something there. You know, could maybe it's like a ram or something. I don't know. They don't really yeah. they don't really seem to know what it is. Right, right, okay, yeah, yeah, and there's there's a rumor too that they have giant's blood, you know, mm-hmm. in their veins. Uh, so that's kind of neat. Um, yeah, and then yeah. And it talks about how some of the Skagos have served in the Night's Watch. You know, mm-hmm. more than a thousand years ago, a Crowl, which is a member of a clan that passes for nobility on Skagos, was even Lord Commander for a period of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, and then you know it goes on to talk about the Kranich men for a little bit, and yeah. um, just kind of some of the some of the rumors about them. Uh, then it goes on to kind of talk about the Lords of Winterfell and just a little bit of history about them. And and uh, one thing I found interesting here, this just this little passage: whether anti-Targaryen feelings were made worse by uh, by Queen Rhaenys Targaryen's efforts to knit together the new single realm with marriages. So this is going way back to Rhaenys Targaryen. Mm-hmm. Um, it talks about Torrin Stark, the, the king who who knelt. Yeah. Yep. Um, his daughter was wed to the young and ill-fated Lord of the Vale. Um, but there are letters preserved at the Citadel suggesting that Stark accepted these arrangements only after much protest and that the, brother, the bride's brothers refused to attend the wedding entirely. So that line right there, you know, that the bro- bride's brothers refused refused to attend mm-hmm. the wedding entirely. So something that could we don't know is maybe it's possible. Just you know, sometimes we like to draw parallels. Yeah, maybe maybe Rhaegar had uh, offered to Lord you know Lord Stark about Lyanna, and maybe he said no. 
you are like you already have a wife. Okay. okay. I don't know. Sometimes I just yeah. sometimes you, you know you see these parallels here, and I'm like, okay, right. okay, I don't know. You know, it just causes me to think about things. Well, what's interesting is wouldn't that fall in in like what you just read there? Wouldn't that fall as something that we might get more on in Fire and Blood coming yeah. out? Well, yeah. Maybe yeah, we will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of with, this with the yeah. grainies and yeah, and, we'll, and be, we'll be about yeah. Rhaegar and stuff. But yeah, so that so this is maybe something yeah. that we will get in Fire and Blood. It'll be further stuff about Aegon and and these arranged marriages. Yeah, yeah, that would be really interesting. So there's definitely a major protest from it, and uh, well, and, and at the time too, the, they're not over time. I think they do become much closer with the the veil, you know, and like. Uh, well, at least during Ned's time, I guess, and that could just be because of John Aaron. But you know, they often trade. Like as I mentioned, their White Harbor becomes that port in which the veil, because the veil has difficulty moving uh, goods over that that mountain range. Right now, in the, oh, the chapter sure. that, that we're reading, um, Catelyn Tully is trying to Catelyn Stark is trying to make her way uh, from the inn uh, at the crossroads over to the veil, and it's difficult. So mm-hmm. you know, I don't know, just kind of. Uh, you know, something to think about. So, uh, I don't know, any, anything else? Oh, I wanted to mention one more thing here about the. Um, let me go back to the map. So, at one point in the, the 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 northern region here, uh, this whole section, I don't even know what to call it, the north. Yeah, uh, it talks about how the Starks of old uh, moved down, and they basically captured or claimed like uh, Cape Kraken and the Neck, and 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 uh, became close with Greywater. Watch. It didn't always used to be. Actually, this oh, everything no. south of Moat Kaelin, yep. you know, is is basically um, that stronghold is something that they were able to capture and make their own. So at one point, that was not considered the North, you know, um, a part of their region. When again, it was one of those things too. Before the North actually comes to be a thing, uh, you had many different um, smaller kingdoms inside of the North, which is what they say at right. the start of this, you know, section here. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, I thought it was kind of interesting that now you know it is a permanent sort of part of the uh, the north. So yeah. So all right. Well, I think we uh, might just leave it there. That's just kind of a brief overview of this chapter. It unfortunately go, going forward these these chapters they kind of jump around quite a bit, and you know they they just talk little little bit about specific things. So um, yeah. Next week, I think we're is it the wall? Oh gosh. I didn't look. <laughs> mm, that's okay. I think so. Yeah, I think I think the wall is kind of its own little chapter. Okay. As I as I as I look here, yeah, I think it is. It's its own kind of little little ch- little chapter. So we'll we'll s- certainly save that save gotcha. that for next week. So because because one thing we could have done, we could have gone over all the different subheadings, which were like the Kings of Winter, the Kranich Men, Skagos. We could have gone over all those in depth and we will in our Patreon series, I think is what we're saying. Mm-hmm. Just because Yeah. I mean that would probably be a two oh, hour episode. Be, just yeah, to cover it'd be a two hour episode just on that. Yeah. Yeah. So 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 okay. All right. Well let's go ahead and move on over to our uh, our reread. Yeah. And um, this week we are in Tyrion 4. So last week we were in Eddard 7. Mm-hmm. Uh, after viewing the body of Sir Hugh, Ned and Sir Barristan Selmy had struggled to convince King Robert not to compete in the melee. 
The Hound had won the tournament when he had saved the life of the Knight of Flowers. Later, Varys had visited Ned to reveal that Robert was meant to die in the melee. So the last time we were in a Tyrion chapter, um, Tyrion had dined with the high officers of the Night's Watch and promised Lord Mormont that he would speak to the king of their need. Afterwards, he had paid a final visit to the Wall. Tyrion had met with Jon Snow, um, who asked Tyrion what he can do to help his brother Bran. So this is, again, where we talk about sometimes if you want to do that POV read, you kind of got to go into some other people's chapters because we had a Bran chapter that featured Tyrion. Mm-hmm. And uh, Catelyn chapter, Catelyn. which, yep. which feature Tyrion's. But so this week, Tyrion finds himself uh, uh, finds he is being taken to the Eyrie instead of Winterfell, which will fool any attempt to rescue him. His uh, attempts to convince Lady Catelyn of his innocence are interrupted when the Vale Mountain clans attack. During the fight, Tyrion saves Catelyn, and uh, afterwards he explains that Littlefinger's accusation has a hole. Tyrion would never bet against his family so um sir ezra i kind of have this split up i know sometimes we try to do thirds but with this this week i have it split up into fourths uh just because it's kind of a a long chapter so the first part is um often and loudly yeah Uh, the second part is a lannister always pays his debts the third part is the attack and the fourth part is i never bet against my family yeah which you know so i thought this chapter was was fairly straightforward, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I'm always looking for mysteries and, and connections, and the only thing that really uh, stuck out to me was Tyrion's um, telling of that tale, and then he kind of has to stop it because of the attack. So we'll get to that later. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I was like, ah, oh, I wonder, um, you know, just in reading it again, if there's any new details that I can kind of glean mm-hmm. from it. But really, yeah, this pretty this this chapter um, is you know. Often it will, in in writing, right? It's you're either going to go one of two ways. You have kind of like character development or plot, and um, this is a, this is a pretty actually heavy character building chapter for Tyrion as well as Catelyn, and mm-hmm. we kind of get to see just how because we've heard so much that Tyrion is smart, but this is really the chapter where Tyrion kind of proves just how smart he is and kind yeah. of crafty. Um, as well as Catelyn, and they kind of have that this battle of wits, really. And then, of course, the, you know, the attack happens. But really, yeah, it's kind yeah. of this battle of wits that is actually both of their kind of stories for the next like two or three chapters for each of them, pretty much. As as mm-hmm. as we know, they they travel to the the Vale. Yeah. Um. And we're also, I think, really introduced to a new character this week, Bronn. Yep. This is, as we mentioned, this is kind yep. of the first Bronn, the first Bronn chapter. Yeah. Which, real quick, it doesn't say it in this chapter, but um, I was looking back. He's just a sellsword. Well, it says that he's a sellsword, mm-hmm. but, you know, he was, uh, in, in Catelyn's last chapter, one of those that rose to take the, you know, um, imp into custody, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's why he's traveling with them. Yeah. So um, it, it kind of starts, and um, Tyrion is already captured. And he's he's now kind of remembering back to the events that happened like just after that last Catelyn chapter ended. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like there's yeah. a little bit of time in between, and he so he's kind of filling us in on what had happened. Yeah, there yeah. in 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 his memory, um, and and it just you, you know you have Chigan right, who's like cutting yep. up Tyrion's horse and like, hey, we're gonna <laughs> eat eat Tyrion's horse. Um, and just, you know, that's kind of interesting. So then Tyrion kind of starts to remember. 
Uh, you know, like I just this line right here. If Lady Stark believes I have some crime to answer for, I will go with her and answer for it. You know, it was the only possible course. Tyrion uh, trying to cut their way out was of this was a sure invitation to an early grave. You know, Tyrion. This is where we get kind of get Tyrion's thought process on how to best handle this situation when he has all these knights around him with swords, right? Or you know, men around him with arms pointed yeah. at them. Right. Yeah. So there's um. Just here in in the beginning, and I couldn't tell. I thought these were passages you wanted to read, but I got you here. This oh, go is, ahead. Uh, he's the connection to the Dothraki. So with the horse, you know, mm-hmm. um, they just they're again trying to connect us over across the sea to the Dothraki, talking about how they prefer horse meat, you know. And uh, Tyrion's just disgusted by it. Brings up as you said uh, that this is was given to him on his what name day was it? Twenty third. Mm-hmm. You said twenty third name day or something like that. Um, so, you know, I don't know, that's, it's kind of the start for all of this, and it's, it's a lot of scheming, so, like, like, again, Tyrion is trying to have conversations, he is, at first, um, kind of blindfolded, or he has a hood over his, his head, right? Um, I mean, not, not right here, but he's, uh, like, like, as he's traveling, they start off with that hood, and so, um, you kind of see this back and forth, once it's taken off and he's able to talk to these guys, he starts to kind of, uh, you know, subtly persuade them. It's very subtle. Mm-hmm. Like, by the end, he's trying to win these guys over. You know, and at the end of the chapter, I think he's sort of done that, you know? So that, to me, was, like, the overarching theme here is that uh, through conversation, you know, and even with this, even with Braun, you know, he's just sort of uh, u- using comedy, using uh, his wit, trying to converse with them and and uh, what have you. So, but, yeah. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Yeah, just a line, a line right here. I, I just, I think, I think it's funny. And so, um, kind of going back to where Tyrion is um, captured, right? Remembering, um, uh, just talks about um, Catelyn Stark's. Uh, oh, sorry, what is his name? Um, the Master at at Arms, Roderick. Uh, Sir Roderick. Yeah, uh, yeah. And so, just Tyrion uh, saying here. Uh, he recognized the gruff voice, Winterfell's master at arms, short of his whiskers. Uh, scarlet tinged a spittle flew from the fat inkeep's, uh, inkeep's mouth as she begged of Catelyn Stark, don't kill him here. And then Tyrion yells, don't kill him anywhere. And that's just a very Tyrion mm-hmm. kind of line, just the way he is written. He always has a lot of these like follow up little, you know, corpse and, you know, japes uh, at, at people's lines and, and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then Catelyn uh, says very loudly um we're yep. taking him back to winterfell you know yeah she she thought yeah we might as well talk about that. that's that's sort of the uh the battle of wits right is that mm-hmm. right there she had the foresight to kind of see that if she said that um she was kind of sending the the would-be lannister riders or future lannister riders in the wrong direction you know mm-hmm. because Tyrion is also thinking at this time uh right you know that he is He's 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 dismayed when they do take the hood mm-hmm. off of him because he mm-hmm. sees where he's headed, and uh, he realizes he's been outplayed. Right, and because Tyrion so. had said, but you know, Tyrion had said, you know, my father will wonder where his son has been, you know, like, and what has become of his son, you know, quite loudly, as you know, mm-hmm. as as well, because he knows that people will go, you know, tell Tywin, hey, you know, Catelyn Stark's taking your son, because, mm-hmm. yeah, yep, good point. Well, it, well, I even actually think whether she would have said she's taking him to Winterfell or to the Eyrie first wouldn't have mattered because right. she could have changed directions either way. So, like, once she sees he's saying stuff like that and sending those messages, 
you know, all she has to do is give one direction. It doesn't doesn't matter which one, and uh, she can she can, she could change it, uh, or she could you know, um, well once she said Winterfell, then she has to go a different way. You know what I mean? But right. Well, uh, do you do you? Well, I mean, do you think that she should have went to Winterfell? Thinking like, uh, I think they actually would have caught. I I think they would have been caught. In. Right. I unless she would have. Because she's closer to River Run, you know that would have been okay. I, and I'm surprised she doesn't go there, actually. Mm-hmm. You know, and I understand. Yeah. Like in, in that chapter, it talked about that her father isn't well, and um, you know, to get there, she would have had to go through some. Like he hadn't been up and moving around his realm as much, and mm-hmm. so sometimes there's this descent that can start to happen. Right. And uh, she was unsure whether she should, right. you know. And also, if she goes there, she knows that she's kind of bringing. Um, you know the Riverlands in in into war. You know, well, and the Riverlands are also, you know, right next to the mm-hmm. Westerlands, right? So yeah. you know, Cash- it's a lot quicker to get to Castle Rock. Um, you know, to the to uh, yeah uh, to River Run, excuse me, yeah, yeah, than it is than it is to to the Vale and to the Erie, right? right? Um, and and if you go to the Erie, if you think about it, if Tywin wanted to march an army all the way to the Erie, he would have to go through River Run. Mm-hmm. And then try and march an army up to the to the Vale, which is so difficult because you have a bigger army. You're definitely going to get attacked by these clansmen, you know, and kind yeah. of some guerrilla guerrilla warfare where it is probably easier for two or three people, to, you know, or maybe five to kind of slip through. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I, I thought it's it just makes for a good story. We think she's going to Winterfell because remember her original task was to go up there and to call the banners secretly Mm -hmm. you know to get to white harbor if she could and uh you know and 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 do that thing i'm also surprised that they didn't go back on boat like they had i am too you know what i mean like they decide to and maybe they were maybe i need maybe i need to look at the map like maybe the crossroads in there uh is along the way to where they would uh have have you know taken boats but no they actually come right in at king's landing on a boat so Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know. Just interesting stuff. So, okay, let's. Uh, so, anything else with more? You know, often and uh, loudly. No, no think, we, we can yeah. move on. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so the second one you have here, a Lannister always pays his debts, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, which which he reminds everyone. Oh, well, for and, sure. Yeah. It, it, it's such a cool little thing. So, you know, number one, he's going to repay you if you do him kind, and mm-hmm. he's also going to pay. He's going to repay you if you do him ill. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, and, and so he's re- kind of remembering that and thinking about that with Marillion, this mm-hmm. singer, which, mm-hmm. by the way, Marillion, you know, you got to pay attention to these characters, sticks around for quite a while. Yeah. And, uh, you know, has a pretty decent uh, role to, to, to play. Right. So. Well, and there's a, there's a part later where he he, he says um, and I have I have it. We'll talk about it all the way at the end where he he reminds Marillion that, um, you know, something about he, he taunts him. And he, he he says something about remember that craven sounds an awfully lot like the word raven like you know what I yeah. mean like it's, yeah you know, like, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah because he was trying to think of words that would rhyme with imp like limp right. and gimp yeah right yeah yeah, yeah. and so. uh, it's just just a, you know and then in the next chapter I think it's the next I don't know if it's Tyrion or Catelyn's chapter but um, where they're getting close to the veil and then I think actually go up. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where Ka- I think it is actually a Catelyn chapter because she's noticing that when they're like, ha- you know, sleeping at night that Bronn and Tyrion are talking a lot. She does not right. like that. 
Yeah. So, right. and that's something later we see with Tyrion where he is. Well, I have a lot of money, you know, just just so you know, like yeah, because uh-huh. he's a sellsword. He isn't sworn to Catelyn Stark or Catelyn Tully. Right. Exactly. Yep. And that's the neat part about knowing that he's a sellsword, uh, yeah. and, and not he doesn't uh, you know owe owe anyone any any allegiance or anything. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, and, then, and yeah. Then this is this when we actually kind of we this we start to get that back and forth between Tyrion and Catelyn, right? Where you know Tyrion Tyrion is um, you know saying like you know the price for my head, you know, is is an like kind of like an awful lot, and Catelyn's like you know the Starks are not we're not murderers like like you Lannisters mm-hmm. are, mm-hmm. Um, and then we get what I think is actually kind of maybe I actually kind of think it's it may be like the most interesting part of this chapter is when Tyrion starts to talk to her about Littlefinger. And he sees, uh, yeah. like, a little bit of doubt in her eyes, actually. Um, yeah. y- you know, and, he, uh, like, uh, um, let, me, let me see here. It's kind of... Just it's kind on, of his a, tr- on his trustworthiness, yeah. Go ahead, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, she says, The Starks do not murder in their, in their people, uh, murder men in their beds, nor do I. Tyrion says, I tell you again, I had no attempt in the... Uh, I had no part in the attempt to kill your son. The assassin was armed with your dagger. Tyrion felt the heat rise in him. It was not my dagger. How many times must I swear to that, Lady Stark? Um, I am not a st- stupid man. Obviously, only a fool would arm a common footpad with his own blade. Just for a moment, he thought he saw a flicker of doubt in her eyes. Why would Lord or why would Petire lie to me? <laughs> why would why does a bear shit in the woods? He maddened because it <laughs> is in his nature. Lying comes as easily as breathing to a man like Littlefinger. You ought to know that you of all people. She yeah. took a step toward him, her face tight. And what does that mean, Lannister? Tyrion cocked his head. Why every man at court has heard him tell uh, how you how he took your maidenhood. You know, that my lady, that is a lie, yeah. Catelyn Stark said. Um, old wicked little imp, then Marion goes on. Um kinda kinda go back here. Uh Patar mm-hmm. Baelish loved me once. He was only a boy. His passion was a tragedy for us all, but it was real and pure and nothing to be made mock of. He wanted my hand. That is the truth of the matter. You are truly an evil man, Lannister. And you mm-hmm. are truly a fool, Lady Stark. <laughs> Littlefinger. Yeah. Uh Littlefinger has never loved anyone but Littlefinger, and I promise you that it is not your hand he boasts of. It's those ripe breasts of yours and that sweet mouth and the heat between your legs. Um, I know, man. That's that's <laughs> little. That's uh, Tyrion. You know, like he's just he let he lets he's it go. How it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think he makes a really the the first really good point is, you know, he's already shown her. I think she she can figure out how clever he is, and when he makes the the comment like, "Why would I arm my own man with my own Valyrian steel dagger?" That's very much like connected to me or something. Why would mm-hmm. I do something like that? Yeah, you know that's just that's no. Yeah, foolish. it would be dumb. It would it would totally be dumb, right? And so and so it's not his dagger, you know. Uh, that that's the case he's making, and I believe Tyrion, you know, it's not his dagger, you know. So we'll, we'll, right. we get into that more of that later at the end of the chapter. But uh, then, yeah, I mean, he's been at court listening to Littlefinger, you know, boast in this in this way. Could you imagine if? Uh, and, and she, I don't think she knows that. I don't think she knows that he's down no. at court boasting like this, and. Uh, you know, I can almost wonder if ne- if if Ned hears some, hears some of that, you know, uh, whispered around the court. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah. Uh, but there's also d- don't forget there's that little piece where Littlefinger was later on. We get more story about how he was drunk and it could have been Lysa. Right. 
mm-hmm. all that, yeah. all that good stuff. It pro- and so. it probably actually was Lysa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I think that it, it 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 was, but it's just interesting. That, well, yeah, uh, yeah. I wonder I mean, if he was, actually yeah. thinks that. I wonder if he actually maybe he does knows. Maybe he does actually just think it is it, that it was Catelyn because I think Lysa might have been pretending to be her sister. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, who, who knows? I don't know. I'd have to go back and look at all that again. But yeah. So. Yeah. Um, okay. So then, um, then is when the attack kind of happens. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you know, they're just they're just going on. They're going on a little bit more, and uh, you know, the next the next thing you know, you start to hear kind of rustling, and they said they talk about steel, and it's riders, and it's they say they think it's around twenty people, and um, Tyrion, you know, Tyrion is like gets up and he's like, hey, like I need give me a weapon so I can help, mm-hmm. and Catelyn yep. doesn't. You know, doesn't want to. Of course, Tyrion does end up getting a, a sword later and and actually fights in, in it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he says something like uh, that: how three to four swords could make could make all the difference. Mm-hmm. And he's actually right. You know. Oh, for sure. Uh, yeah. So, and it seems you know, like like out the gate, you're you're kind of like shocked, like like wow, they are really outnumbered, and they are. Um, but then you learn more about these these mountain these uh, these clansmen. And right, uh, and they're not very good and malnourished, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so they they look big. They're wearing these big cloaks and 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 things, but they really don't um, have the energy or the stamina. You know, they're just Mm-mm. you know, I don't know. So no, not to, not to go up against guys like Braun, right? I mean, I mean, and you know, and and a master of arms, uh, Sir, Sir, Roderick. Sir Roderick, Sir Roderick. Well, you know, yeah, I mean. Another one who who actually got my attention was the Hedge Knight, yeah, uh, S- Sir Willis Wode. Yeah, um, yeah, he he is the Knight of House Wode. Uh, he is sworn to House Went, <coughs> and uh, I thought that was kind of interesting. And I'm I'm going to bring it up now, if that's okay. Just a little side because we get into this fight, and I'm sort of like, mm-hmm. you know, as I was reading, it, I was like, well, hold on a second, who is this guy? I mean, I, you know, I, I remember he's in the show actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's an actor who plays him in the show. Um, but he's at the crossroads, right? He takes up the call there, and um, he uh, kind of skipping ahead. There's there's two little bits about him. He's in a feast of crows as well, but he remains at the bloody gate um, upon the party's arrival at the Vale of Arryn. Uh, he's in attendance when Tyrion demands a trial by combat. So we're skipping ahead mm-hmm. again. This is a reread. Uh, but for fe- uh, in a, in a feast of crows on the journey to the lift on on, a, on the journey to lift the siege of Riverrun, Sir Jamie Lannister and his host come across. Uh, the lands once held by the brothers Wode, two landed knights sworn to Harrenhal. Jamie encountered neither member of the Wode family or their small folk, but finds both of their um, timber keeps burned down and hangs several outlaws sheltered in their cellar beneath one of the ruined halls. So I just thought there's another, you know, reference to House Wode, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, and these these two these two knights uh, that that are known to be kind of prestigious renown in that area so mm-hmm. so apparently sir, sir willis is not he's 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 no he's no slouch yeah so that was oh, my, yeah that was my no for sure there. yeah anytime i see a hedge knight i, I want to jump on it and oh, just yeah. figure out yeah, yeah. you know mo- mo- more about this person so yeah you know. and you know i just i thought it was kind of interesting um where it just it, t- it talks about like because this is the first time we see Tyrion fight we don't really you know know much about him at this point in fighting we know he you know he fights in a couple battles later uh, I I just I thought I thought it was funny where um, you know Sir Roderick shouts like Winterfell and he rides to meet you know meet a guy, and um, 
Willis Wode is yelling, Heron Hall, Heron Hall. It's like Tyrion felt a sudden urge to leap up, uh, brandishing his axe and boom out, casterly rock. But uh, the uh, insanity passed quickly and he crouched down. He's like, oh, yeah, you know. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, maybe not, you know, like. Yeah. That's hilarious. And I think Tyrion kind of, he kind of jumps out and kind of slashes at some horses as they ride by. And then um, he does end up killing, he does, he does end up, you know, killing someone. And then um, Catelyn actually kills someone too. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, well. Tyrion buries that hat, that uh, axe into into the chest of that horse, mm-hmm. which was crazy to bring it down, and then it fell over on Marillion. Remember, mm-hmm. Marillion gets his fingers broken and everything. Yeah, um, and he's kind of laying there screaming, and he's like seeing blood everywhere. And Tyrion's like, "Yeah, it's horse blood. Shut up." <laughs> you know, yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah, that, that's what we're yeah. Doing. It's kind of hilarious. You know, I was trying to uh, remember back because I, I this is a really like memorable scene from the show. And I was just trying to remember. I don't. I think it goes. I mean, it's similar. But I remember Tyrion kills someone with a shield. I think, and I don't think he kills someone in the, with a shield that's going to attack Catelyn, which is similar here. Um, mm-hmm. You know, someone's going to attack Catelyn, and he doesn't. You know, he he goes actually to save her. Um, yeah, we we get that kind of internal monologue where he thinks, "Oh, I could let her die." Um, yeah, but he doesn't mm-hmm. do it. And in the show, I, I just remember him attacking someone with a shield, like. And but I don't think Catelyn kills someone in the show. Yeah, I don't think she does either. I don't think I she does. I can't remember. I yeah. think Tyrion just kills someone, and that that's kind of that the show's way of quickly kind of showing, hey, you know, Tyrion's not like maybe he's a better guy than you thought mm-hmm. thing. And I think it's just kind of a way to end that scene a little bit quicker for the show. You only have limited time and still kind of get across the same point. Yeah, right. Well, I think uh, just the internal monologue, the dialogue that he was having with himself there. I, I think it even says too that he once he he thinks that thought, but he his feet were already moving toward like he was already mm-hmm. he's thinking that thought as he's rushing towards her. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, so it's yeah, like yeah, right here. Real uh, Cal- lighthearted. Yeah, right here. Catelyn Stark was trapped against the stone face of the mountain with three men around her, one still mounted and the other two on foot. She had a dagger clutched awkwardly in her maimed hands, but her back was to the rock now as they have um, uh, penned her on three sides. Let them have the bitch, Tyrion thought, and welcome uh, and welcome to her. Yet somehow he was moving. He caught the first man in the back of the knee before he even knew he was there. And the he- uh, heavy axe heads split flesh and bone like rotted wood. Logs that bleed, Tyrion thought. Uh, namely, as the second man came for him, Tyrion ducked under his under his sword, lashed out with an axe, and the man reeled backwards. And Catelyn Stark stepped up behind him and opens his throat. And that's kind of how that's kind of how that mm-hmm. ends. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then this is funny. Your first battle, Bronn asked later as he bent over uh, Jick's body, pulling off his boots. Um, and Tyrion said, "My father would be so proud." He said, "You need a woman now." And, uh, and Tyrion, this is where he says, "Like I'm game if she is." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah and, like kind of like looking where, at Catelyn. Yeah, right, right. And and that's where he wins over, like a like like a couple of the men in arms there, like they they laughed with him, you know. Right. And yeah. then he thinks to himself, like good they're laughing you know like Mm -hmm. that's a step in the right direction for me you know so right because he's actually kind of shown to be honorable here like he um i mean he does he defends lady stark he actually you know Mm -hmm. saves her life and was willing to put down his axe once he had gotten Mm -hmm. it even though he wanted to keep it he was willing to put it down but she actually lets him keep his axe you know Mm -hmm. um which is which is kind of cool Right, and then this is and this this is interesting. They talk about how we have to we have to bury we have to bury our dead, right? Yeah. Like you know we we must bury our dead. And they say the soil is too stony for digging. He says then we will gather stones for you know carns, uh, and um, so yeah. So that's I just find that interesting too. 
um, you know, that Catelyn is very specific about we have to bury, you know, bury our dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's just sort of, yeah, her wanting to do what's right, but they can't, you know, Sir Willis and even I think Sir Roderick, maybe not Sir Roderick. No, Bronn. Bronn's the one who was sort of like, I'm not waiting around for that. Well, like basically saying we'll be dead, you know, uh-huh. that's just asking for us to to die. And so. You know, you could bury the dead, and then you can join the dead if you'd like right now, or we can live. You know, right? And, yeah. Uh, and 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 move on. And it's sad, you know. Later on, they end up hearing the, um, gosh, what do they call those cats up in the uh, the shadow cats? The shadow cats. Yeah, they hear them kind of eating the, you know, corpses uh, later at night. So yeah, yeah. And so then, um, you know, they just kind of go back and forth, and she's like, I, "You still don't have my trust, right? I, you know, I trust you no more than I did before." Yeah. And um, keep it. <laughs> yeah. Keep it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, then it just the way this this kind of ends is, uh, you know, is she looks at him, lips pressed tightly together. As I say, as I was saying before, we were so rudely interrupted. Tyrion began, you know, before like <laughs> this whole attack mm-hmm, happens. Mm-hmm. Right. He still goes back to it. There is a serious flaw in Littlefinger's fable. Whatever you may believe of me, Lady Stark, I promise you this. I never bet against my family. And that's kind yeah. of like a. You know, he's thinking back to when I was saying quite loudly, Tywin, you know, Lannister will be very curious where I am, mm-hmm. you know, like yep. surely my brother Jamie will come for me. You know, that's like what he's thinking about and stuff like that, because as we know, he names Jamie his his champion to fight with him in mm-hmm. uh, his battle by combat. Right. In uh, at the Vale. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which he's he's entitled to. <laughs> but then they kind yeah. of use uh, use like some. uh wordsmithing uh right to, uh yeah to force him into a, a trial by combat on that day but yeah yeah you're right it's that's a good point um it, yeah and, and so he has this and i think she probably as he's saying this is thinking yeah that makes a lot of sense you know what i mean mm-hmm. like that's not something Tyrion would do he seems to be very proud of his family and boasting right. even though his father you know, treats him the way he does. He definitely has a good relationship with his brother, you know, and he's right. proud of his accomplishments and the Lannisters through, you know, him in a sense. So it feels like he has to do, you know, his own, whether he's he's just uh, he uses his own wit and, and cleverness to further the Lannister influence. That's what he's going to do. So, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, it interesting. Was there anything else there at the end? I think it's just more of the, he, he mocks the, uh, the singer, right? And thinks about right. Jick. Thinks about Jick yep. a little bit, who one of his men who who died, um, who was riding like bareback into the uh the fight, super brave. But, right, you know, right, yeah. Dies. So uh so yeah, I think that's about it, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So So okay, all right. Do we have a do we have a Raven for this week? Uh yeah, I got a Raven in there. Uh so we're we're good on that. Um let me just pull back up the doc here. Oh, okay. Uh and really there was there were no um I was trying to think of other cool connections that we could have made with that chapter, but besides the 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 clansmen who will come right. back into play later. Uh Right, so yeah, it's 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 interesting that Tyrion ends up meeting up with those clans. He runs into the yeah. clansmen again. Yeah. And then, you know, it's kind of funny. They stick around for like a while. Like yes, they a do. couple of books, they're just kind of hanging out like with Tyrion. Yeah. Yeah, they fight in the Battle of the Blackwater, and right. they, they're kind of like Tyrion's personal guard. guard. Yeah, uh, it's yeah, weird, so. isn't it? It is weird. Yeah. Uh, what, is, what is what is what is the, what is the main one main one's name? Oh gosh, I can't remember it. 
Shagger? Shagger, yeah. Shagger. There's another one I can't remember. There's a couple. Yeah. There's a couple of them. Uh, yeah. yeah. Is Shagger is or high? Is sh- <laughs> <laughs> Oh God. Or 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 jacking, you know, Hagar yeah. somehow, you know. Or something. Yeah. It's so, true. Um, yeah, so. Okay. All right. So we, yeah, we have a, a Raven. Um, I think who's this from here, Sir Matt? Uh, Esquire Yonkers. I believe so. <laughs> I think so. Is that how okay, they signed that's... off? So okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, this is cool. This is someone new. This is this is really neat. Uh, okay, so, um, dear Sir Ezra the Watchful and dear uh, Sir Matt the Bud Knight, just caught up with the podcast and had some thoughts about how the Game of Thrones starts. Peter Baelish mm-hmm. wants uh, Catelyn Stark, so he convinces Lysa to kill her husband. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay, and sends uh, uh, Catelyn the letter, knowing that uh, Baelish wants. No, no, so knowing knowing that Robert would send for Eddard Stark to be his hand. Oh, okay. Oh, that we're, yeah, okay, gotcha. So let me read that again. So Peter yeah. Baelish wants uh, Catelyn Stark, so he convinces Lysa to kill her husband and send uh, and send Catelyn the letter, knowing that Robert would send for Eddard Stark. Uh, kill Eddard or send him to the wall, and Catelyn is single again, mm-hmm. wherein he also gets power over the north. His plans go south, Catelyn dies, so he takes Lysa and the Vale. Um, let's see, I think Peter is going to run into Lady Stoneheart. Wow. Mm. And wins, and there's going and they're going to team up. Um, a joining thread here. Uh, Peter mentions uh, something about the faceless men when Robert is talking about killing Danny, which I think we we talked about that a little bit. Or no, we haven't right. got there yet, but right. uh, we've mentioned it before. Um, I think he puts Lysa in touch with a faceless man to kill the hand, um, which is which is why Jacken slash Serio is in King's Landing in the first place. Wow. Okay. okay. Let me let me pick that apart here a little bit. You know, uh, just real quick, what jumped yeah. what what jumped out to me and is actually something I hadn't thought about is will Peter Baelish actually run into Lady Stoneheart? Yeah, that's a gr- back to Lady Stoneheart. I know that's a great no, for, little yeah for sure because nugget that actually because as we know, Lady Stoneheart isn't really prevalent, right? She's not in the show, mm-hmm. um, and that a lot of that Winterfell stuff in season seven, I think, could be totally different, mm-hmm. like yeah. in, in the books because it it just felt like they just needed something for those characters to do in sure. in season seven. And uh, it would maybe Arya still is the one who kills him, but maybe it's because Arya meets up with Lady Stoneheart or something. I don't know. Um, yeah. But I do. I do. I would think it would be interesting. Or if Catelyn, as Lady, you know, Lady Stoneheart, is the one to kill him. Yeah, and I'm trying to think here. Like, how did Peter Baelish have much to do with the Red Wedding? Just uh, that mm. might seem like a kind of a dumb question, but no, I, I just was trying to think if there's any other, you know. If no. he's somehow indirectly connected, okay, all right, because um, that's really all the Lannisters, right? Uh, yeah, set up there. I mean, even though he's still, you know, uh, working. For well, Lannisters, I mean, in a way, I mean, he's, I mean, he screws over. I mean, he screws over Ned Stark, which causes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I like this Raven because it is all about like like Peter Baelish having his own. He's like, what is he up to? You know, mm-hmm. what is his end game here? Mm-hmm. And th- the idea that he would cause. You know, convince Lysa to kill her husband. That's right. crazy, isn't it? That's something, mm-hmm. huh? 
and then yeah. send and then and then basically that would send uh you know Catelyn a letter knowing that Robert would send for Eddard Stark uh and then he could so basically he wants to get Ned in King's Landing near him where he can set him up in some way you know or have him stumble across the same thing that maybe so hey maybe you know John Aaron's asking questions because you know Peter Baelish um put some information in front of him you know what I mean maybe he's the mm-hmm. one who kind of figures it out and, and says all right let me let me set in motion a couple things here you know let's have John Aaron look into this get John Aaron killed get Ned uh, Stark down here uh, have him look into the same thing and knowing that he'll accuse you know the queen and then be taken out you know maybe mm-hmm. that's that's part of his his game there so now the next piece that's kind of interesting is that he's going to his plan was originally to go with Catelyn, but she dies, so he takes up with Lysa, I get that, uh, and then he's going to run into Lady Stoneheart and team up with her. So what would their goal then be? I that would be tricky for me, you know, because she's kind of just on, like, a revenge quest, it feels like. Like, she's just out right. for vengeance. Um, Wait, well, we'll think we'll think about kind of what happens in, in the show. Now, obviously, the books in the show are kind of different because yeah. in... The show, it's Sansa who Littlefinger, you know, like he kisses her in the veil, right? And he also like gives her to Ramsay Bolton. Like, yeah, yeah you know what I mean? Yeah. Now, in the yeah. books, it's like, right, it's not, it's like a fake Arya Stark. Right. But, yeah. st- but still, if you're Lady Stoneheart and you find out that Littlefinger has one, was like the real, maybe she finds out that, she, you know, she was the reason he's the reason that Ned died. I mean, mm-hmm. essentially, I mean, I mean, Ned, to be fair, Ned still probably would have gotten caught or ca- captured or, or something in that, in that, in that, in that chamber. Right. I mean, Littlefinger mm-hmm. just kind of slides up behind him. So yeah. we always just kind of assume we, we, that's the first thought we think of was Littlefinger's really the one who screws him over. But mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, there's that. And then also if she finds out that Littlefinger sold essentially Arya Stark, you know, air quotes, her daughter to the, you know, the North, like the Boltons who are, you know, the, the Winterfell's like least favorable, yeah. <laughs> you know, liege Lord and the ones who basically screwed them over at the red wedding and, yeah. you know, all, all of this stuff. I don't think she's going to be very pleased. No, no, <laughs> no. And even if she doesn't know that, I actually think if Peter does run into her, uh, then he's going to be sort of like at her mercy. You know, yeah. because even Brienne like is taken in and it's kind of shocking, you know, like they do what mm-hmm. she asks, you know, they, like they're following Lady Stoneheart with their own vengeance, you know, like with right. I own, mean, Lady Stoneheart this... is like not Catelyn Stark. I mean, like she no, no. seems like her own total thing. Right. Yeah. I mean, like. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. Uh, or maybe pretty... he does. Or, or maybe it's maybe it's like one of these weird things where he is like. Catelyn like he thinks Catelyn Stark and then he like he comes upon her realizes uh you know something's off here you mm-hmm. know what I mean and maybe he finds her like disgusting or something and he kind of says that you know like that whole kind of yeah. love angle is kind of played out I don't know right yeah that could be I would love to have him sh- run into her in the books that would be fantastic mm-hmm. I would too and in the show remember he kills he kills her sister kicks her out the moon door yeah yeah. So, you know, it maybe like maybe that kind of plays out similarly in the books and then he meets up with Lady Stoneheart. Yeah, I think it would be way more satisfying if it's either Sansa or Lady Stoneheart. 
that mm-hmm. does that 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 kills him rather than Arya kind of you know like oddly yeah because what what do, i mean in the show yeah cuz what do, i mean Arya Arya doesn't really interact with him that's the, what i was going to say in, yeah. in the books or the show like she doesn't right. really know him right yeah. yeah so so but yeah i mean well and we do know so so peter Baelish, um he kind of takes over after after Lysa's death right you know he kind of uh takes over there at the veil so he's he's at least right now remember there's that, that whole bit with uh that they're kind of coming to to see you know what his intentions are like um gosh some of the different uh houses major houses there in the in in, in the veil are kind of coming up to see right. peter yeah so yeah because she kind of when yeah she yeah she kind of has him there as uh her like Sansa has her there, has him there, kind of as her like advisor, right? When she like gets to Winterfell, which is weird. Yeah. So, um, and he's trying oh, to yeah, tell. Yeah, he's, yeah. Like, remember, he's trying to tell her how to play the Game of Thrones. Like, he gives her that really weird look when John is crowned King of the North. Obviously, still, obviously, show talking. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Right. Yeah. I kind of wonder. Did let me just look real fast here. No, I don't think she did. I was looking at whether Sansa revealed herself. Uh, or not yet, and I don't know that that might happen the same way. But anyways, he's you know he's kind of in a position of power, so he might stay there in the veil for as long as he can, and then we'll see how he gets in connection with either Lady Stoneheart or the uh, you know the North Winterfell. So yeah, I think he'll stay close. I think he'll stay close to Sansa for a while. You know, I don't right. I don't see those two splitting up. So because I don't see Sansa also showing up with you know seeing her mother. Uh, Lady Stoneheart. I just don't. I don't know. That'd be crazy, wouldn't it? You know. Yeah. So. Yeah. Crazy to think about all the people who could interact with Lady Stoneheart. You know, it's just. Oh, like, I know. Absolutely. Ca- yeah. Kind of mind blowing. Uh, uh, just a little bit. So. Okay. Awesome. That that was a good Raven. Appreciate the um, that you guys can send those to btkcast at uh, gmail dot com, and uh, we always pull something out that's you know kind of makes us think, you know, uh, mm-hmm. about the series in a different way, and that one definitely. <clears throat> definitely did that for us so yeah so okay um all right well i think uh that's kind of it yeah for, yep, that's for this it. week um so. real quick before we kind of sign off here as just as I, i'm looking at our at our sign off here we're in chapter 32 next yeah. week <laughs> yeah i think crazy, we're, over, we're over halfway through this book yeah yeah it's exciting yeah it's been a lot so, of fun and, so. and, and do, do you feel like i mean we've we've actually um, even in this first book, I was worried we wouldn't be able to make as many connections or find, oh, yeah. you know, some of these cool. There's so many though. There's so you know? many. Yeah. It's so worthy of, and this is where everything is set up from, mm-hmm. you know. So, well, I think it just speaks to Gur as a writer. Is clearly yeah. he had he had some bigger plan from the get go. So, mm-hmm. yeah, this so. stuff just came to him. I don't know. I, I love to hear him talk about, you know, how the story has has evolved and how he writes it and how and how it's. Yeah, and it, it, it all it all started know. out as the you know actual chapter one of Game of Thrones. He talks about mm-hmm. I just had this idea of this chapter, like just yeah. a chapter. We when we listened to those uh, little like mini podcasts he had done, mm-hmm. there's like the yeah. six podcasts where he done, and he just he talks a lot about like I wrote short stories, um, and I, I he's like I wanted to start small that way when when the time came when I wanted to do something big, I'd kind of already established myself. Yeah, and yeah. he he talks about how Game of Thrones just came to him as a chapter. He just had this thought of this this idea of this young boy standing with his father, who's like a knight or something. Yeah, um, and his father explaining to him why we have to behead this man. 
Yeah. And like that's how it started. That's just the initial thought. It's crazy, isn't it? Like and then it's White crazy. Walkers and everything came later, but you know. Right, yeah. Yeah. So it's a cool thought. So yeah, so Alright, well, we want to thank you for playing the Game of Thrones. In our next episode we will be discussing chapter thirty two, Aria three. Yep. Uh, if you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe, like us, write a review, leave a comment, or send us a raven at btkcast at gmail.com. We will see you in a week, and remember, winter is coming. <laughs>